Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Corner Talks podcast. Today, I have a good friend, talented actor, writer, and emerging director, Gabriel Charles Rogers. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Uh, man, I'm doing fantastic, Daniel. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, of course, Gabe. Um, honestly, it's been amazing. The last couple of months, uh, we've been connecting uh, just through direct messages on Instagram. Had no idea who you were. Um, you were referred to me by a good friend of mine, a mutual connection that I made. Um, his name is Kevin Reed. He's an actor producer, uh, very fond of my work, um, especially the short film I made with Adam Lupus called Second Chance. And anyway, he referred me to you and he said, you know, he's an aspiring uh, filmmaker like yourself. He's trying to uh, get his name in the industry. Could you uh, give him some guidance uh, in the writing process? And that's what we've been doing the last few months, right? You know, we've yeah. just been kind of having a back and forth. Um, I know I wasn't as available as maybe you needed me to be. <laughs> I've been traveling to LA and I've been busy with my other personal projects, but always happy to help, always happy to be there um, to give you advice and some guidance. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. of course. So um, like I said, you know, uh, I was referred to you um, with the idea of the notion that you were a writer. Um, You're developing uh, many projects yourself. Um, and I'm always fond of someone that's a writer because if you know how to tell a story and you want to be a director, those go hand in hand. People don't realize that. So it starts always from the root of telling stories. So I commend you for that. Um, but I also want to know, like, how did your passion from the for the film industry kind of develop in the first place honestly uh it developed through middle school okay acting out in classes singing character songs singing um songs from characters that i would always hear awesome like shark tales and stuff like that yeah um i knew nothing about the industry what acting was i thought it was a bunch of like robots that had like these faces of people that somebody would always put on for a specific type of movie, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it wasn't until my teacher in middle school told me, you should do acting. I'm like, what's that? You know, she told me about it, broke it down, how I could start out in the theater. And I said, okay, a young kid, I'm just like, let me go with it. Yeah. Really started out with the uh, theater acting. And I just found like, I took a natural liking to it. And with that, it came like more of the understanding, like, this is what storytelling is. This is this is story. Like, with the body, what else can I do? Right. You know. So not knowing that that question would take me into like paper and pencil. I started to develop like my own stories in that same class, middle school class, and I loved it. So from there on, I just knew I'm like, I could do more of this. I could I could tell stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it reminds me a lot like myself, like uh, just kind of honing those skills or just tapping into that. Um, childhood dream, right? You know, it all started when you were young. A lot of people, they develop their passions um, and their aspirations as they get older. But uh, you and I are very similar that way. Like I've always wanted to be a uh, writer director when I was like five, believe it or not. I didn't know what I was doing or where, how it, where it would lead me. Um, you know, how do we even break in? Um, but as you get older, obviously you mature and you develop those kind of skill sets. My point being is that I was always fascinated with uh, filmmaking and storytelling and, you know, how um, the whole process comes together. And that's so amazing that uh, we kind of share the same um, kind of like starting point, you know, um, of how this kind of passion uh, cultivated from the first place or was conceived, I should really say. But uh, that's awesome, man. And I want to know, so like you were touching on the fact that you were fascinated with writing and storytelling and characters and um, really initially acting as well, right? Um, just like how these 
um, bigger than life uh, characters were presented on screen and portrayed, I can imagine. Why did you want to become a screenwriter, though, as opposed to any other profession in the industry? I know I just said, mentioned you were an emerging director, but screenwriter was how I was introduced to you. And I'd like to know, like, what was your initial steps um, and inclination towards that? Well, I can say that um, I know for screenwriting, there's a lot of things in me that I have not yet said. And I know that need to be said, not only for myself, but I listen to people and conversations. So in those conversations, there's a lot of like similarities and agreements that you and another person like feel. Right. right? Yeah. And I feel just, I, I'm an empath. So I very much feel strongly about like when I agree with someone and it's like, oh, they, they, that needs to be heard. That needs to be said. So I would take it upon myself to like say, you know what? Um, I need to figure out a way to get what I feel and this person feel and, this, and the way that person feels out there because sometimes it's important information that that just needs to be spread so i'm like let me take this to what i know best screenwriting you know like i said i did um my first story was told in middle school it was i did um it was opinion based uh off of a stephen king book so i wrote my opinion and why these like four characters i forgot the name of the title but why these four characters went through may have felt um how, how they were feeling in that story. And um, yeah, from that point on, it's just like, I took that and I started to feel like, okay, I feel like there's more things in me, like per se, like character-wise, like a lot of characters in me that I could like tell yeah. and start to like develop and put into form, you know? Yeah, that's amazing, man. And that was well said because that's why we do this craft, right? That's why I uh, initially was captivated by storytelling is being it's being able to capture your voice, um, but essentially articulate um, what's going on, uh, whether it's in your mind, how you perceive the world. Um, and it's done vicariously through characters and scenes, right? Like a lot of people don't realize um, the good writers, I should say, <laughs> the true writers uh, project themselves into those stories, right? Um, they sprinkle them throughout all the characters. It might be even a scene that's directly taken from an, uh, an event they've experienced. Um, and the reason why is you can't uh, beat reality, right? The reality is... Uh, sometimes even more fascinating than fiction, as they say, um, stranger than fiction. So um, I love how you put it like that. And the reason why I ask that is because um, I myself, I'm a director, I identify as a director, uh, first and foremost, but uh, as much as I'm still a writer, that was kind of like my first love. That's how I got into the whole filmmaking craft period. Um, and that's how, when I introduced you, I was so proud of the fact that you um, had an understanding and also an appreciation for storytelling uh, because people don't realize that you don't just get thrusted into directing. Um, right. You understand the the craft of how, what a story and how a story is being put together. I still remember at Toronto International Film Festival, I wanted to, uh, went to one of the screenings and uh, at the Q&As, someone stood up, you know, our age, whatever, like at our level uh, in the industry and said, you know, how do you become where you're at, um, where you're at right now? And he's like, you really want to know? And everyone was expecting, you know, a well thought out or um, technical kind of answer, right? And he said, you have to know how to write a story. And the guy was blown away. We were all like kind of, I, I was already familiar with that uh, answer, but at the same time, it kind of confirmed to me. Um, it, it gave me a little bit more confidence in the idea that you, I was on the right track and I was knowing um, what I should be focusing my attention on. Um, because I think the, to define, to distinguish you, I mean, from good to great 
is to really understand the process of telling stories. Would you agree? I agree. I agree. Yeah. That's awesome. So I'm really happy, like I said, that you took the initiative. You seem very passionate, very hardworking, um, just from our short, you know, conversations back and forth through text. <laughs> um, I could see that you're really like um, gunning for uh, to be, become a, a, you know, an impactful storyteller. Um, so I'd like to know, um, do you see yourself transitioning to another role? I know we discussed directing. Um, do you see yourself doing producing, anything like that? Talk to me more about uh you're in the process, you said you're an emerging director. What does that mean? How, how would you describe that to the audience? I would describe it as I see myself as a Tyler Perry in a sense, mm -hmm. um, Spike Lee. Okay. And as well as, um, yeah, because, you know, coming from where, I, where I'm coming from, right. if I'm honest, um, you know, there are a lot of heartfelt stories. And I always touch on that because that's the base and the root of where I want to live with, with movies. Right. Like telling the, telling the heartfelt stories where not, and not more so the intellectual stories, you know, like I want people to feel it in their hearts when they leave that, leave that seat. You want the stories to drive through the emotion rather than the logic of the story. Like instead of them yeah. questioning, like, how is this possible? It's more the story. It, it's the story and the, the characters and the, the core of the story that moves you, right? Like hence Star Wars. Yes, right? yes. Star Wars doesn't make any sense if you think about it. But <laughs> the reason why people love it is because of the emotion they feel when they watch it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Is that and what just, you mean? Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. And I just see myself putting on a lot of people to be, Sorry, what would you say? You uh, putting... I, I, sorry. No, no. Are said... you saying about the people? <laughs> We're talking over each other. Beauty of the Zoom call. <laughs> um, I see myself putting on a lot of faces. Uh, okay. In movies, you know. Oh, you're you're talking about like you actually see yourself, uh, like like you said, Tyler Perry. Not from a producer standpoint, you actually mean um, writing the material and also uh, assuming those characters. Like the yeah. roles of those characters. Wow, that's really fascinating, man. Kind of like an Adam Sandler as well, right? But it yes, depends yes. on like what kind of genre, right? Do you see yourself more comedy or is it drama? Like what are you, what are you leaning towards? I love to make people laugh. Okay, good. Okay. Uh, I do love drama though because it excites me. Awesome, man. I love a good story like that. Yeah. Well, I admire your ambition, man. Like that's, that's awesome. Like uh, we need more of that talent. Um, I was always fascinated growing up with like the Eddie Murphy uh, movies because he would take on different characters as well. Um, yeah. So I love I love to see that. Yeah. For yourself, like, you know, writing those characters. I would never you know, I always say never know or this and that regarding acting. And people say, don't say that, like you should give it a shot. But I don't know. I just can't find the bug, you know, like the, the passion. I don't know. Maybe if through my films, I'll do a cameo and. Maybe it'll, it'll strike me and someone might tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, keep going. But I don't know. Where, where did you get that motivation to, to be an actor? Is it, like you said, uh, your, your childhood beginnings? I think it was. Yeah. Energy I'd always put out. I just always want to make people feel good. At a young age, I always understand, I always understood the power of that. Right. What it meant to uh, tell somebody something positive. So... Luckily, like, like I said, I had the guidance of the teacher to direct that into acting right. and I that as my niche because, or I tied my niche with people as another, as a way to extend it into acting, to make it a bigger niche, right. where I, you know, envelop people in that. Awesome. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, that, that's what it is, right? It's that playful curiosity as a child, right? You, you always want to see how you can bridge art and reality um, and tell your story through that. Um, and that's what you can do essentially as an actor, right? They're like a vessel for that. Um, you become the character. Um, and it's even more interesting with yourself because you want to assume different characters, um, which is quite fascinating. Did you go to uh, any uh, film institution by any chance, like school for art? Uh, I mean, for acting or writing? I have not. Oh, okay. I, not, I actually uh, went through a lot of programs, and only one school was which which was uh, the Vancouver Film School. I did a program with them. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that reminds me of myself. I um, didn't go to film school as well, um, but I went to Rain Dance Toronto. So we did like these night courses, which is um, you know a place where a, a lot of opportunities were presented to me in terms of networking and. Um, creating new connections and collaborations that I still work with today. Um, but yeah, it's, it's amazing to me that uh, when I was younger, I would always kind of uh, beat myself up about not being able to go to film school or not getting enrolled. And then now I look back and I want to use it as like a badge of honor <laughs> that I wasn't, that I could, you know what I mean? Like I'm self-made, like I could do it without film school, right? As long as you have the passion and the heart, you know, the intuition, you could get it done. So same for you, right? It's like, mm -hmm. Um, once you make it, once you prove yourself, uh, the people that follow um, and are fans uh, of your work um, will read up on your, your story and realize, hey, you, you can do it even without going to school. All you, all you have to have is that grit, right? Um, that dedication to pursue your and follow your heart. So I really admire that, man. Um, and all, it's all about persistence, right? At the end of the day, and that's what you're doing, right? Just kind of creating these stories um, and seeing how you can like project yourself into these characters. Um, but we live in an interesting age, right, um, where social media uh, is a critical tool. Uh, it's something that I've uh, had to learn to adapt to, even though I despise it sometimes going on there, um, kind of distracts me. Um, but those are personal matters I need to sort out. Um, but whatever have you, it has served me uh, exponentially, uh, for instance, with this podcast. Um, you know, being able to connect with someone like yourself, Kevin Reed, I mentioned earlier, like it wouldn't be possible if I didn't have Instagram, it wouldn't be possible if I didn't have this platform to discuss with creatives. Um, so on that notion, you know, this has allowed me to broaden their, my network, uh, establish new connections like the one present here today. So I want to ask you, what is your opinion on artists using social media to leverage their brands or creative works? Honestly, I agree with you in that this right here this opportunity that's presented to me right. is the, an, an amazing one and it was yeah. given to me by social media yeah but if you if you would have asked me this and i, I just didn't agree with social media uh because i thought like it would it was stripping away from like the realness and the real the real lifeness i should say using creative right the the value you're saying you're, you're regarding like to the values of social media like how they're conveyed yeah, like, like they present for someone. Yeah, yeah, like networking in real life. Like I was always a, uh, a believer in the old-fashioned networking. Oh, 100 percent. Meeting yeah. someone face to face, developing yeah. a rapport with them in real life, and then yeah, yeah, you know, then taking it on the phone or text or something. Yep. No, I, I I completely understand that, and that's part of the reason why. Like I'm a very social person, but I don't like being on my phone so much. Um, there are times when I kick myself because it's draining. You know, you don't realize it, right? um social media also has a habit of presenting only what's positive right only what's polished even if it is trying to drive uh, an inspirational message the way the brain is wired it 
only sees um, the aesthetics, right? Um, you don't, like when you talk to someone in person, I get your point. It's like, you really feel the humanity. Like they, like you'll mention something to them and they'll be like, no, it didn't happen that way. And you'll be like, what, what do you mean? And then you'll question it and then they'll elaborate and you'll pick each other's brains and you'll start to understand like they go through their own struggles or not even for struggles, just like um, understanding maybe a positive event in their life. You know, they'll showcase it maybe not as so glamorous, right? As it, as it appears to be. And they'll, yeah. uh, you know, depending who you talk to, obviously, right? <laughs> Some people like to relish in their own achievements. But for the most part, um, I, I understand that it's like you get the human side, right? Um, and you seem like a very honest and genuine person. So um, this is really just a means of communication, but I, I'm, I'm getting exactly what, how I would I uh, perceive it to be if we were saw each other in public, right? Like just walking on the street and having a conversation, right? Like the network would be the same, but I know what you mean. Like when it comes to social media, like you're not sure exactly, like I'm guilty of that, like with regards to how we were uh, texting back and forth. Um, because I don't have a tone in your voice, because I don't have body language, because I don't have those humanistic qualities that we look for. Naturally, you come up with your own image of the person, right? How they are and how they're acting. Um, so what I'm saying is that like, you're just even more personable when I, when I met you through the Zoom call than I imagine you to be uh, through Instagram, right? Because Instagram, how, how else can you express your emotions and I don't want to hear emojis. It's like, it'll never be the same with a face-to-face -face <laughs> contact, right? Do you, don't you feel the same way? Yeah, like, right. did you get that impression when you were talking to me? It's like, it's so different when you actually mm -hmm. see the person's face and see how they, like, I'm, always, I'm big on that, like voice, body language. Like, it's a huge difference. Yeah. You know? Yeah, man. Um, like, just like when I started off this podcast before we were talking, like, you know, you're flashing your big smile. Like, hey, honored to be here. Thank you so much. <laughs> It's like, you can't, ex like, you can express that through emojis, but it's not the same. Like, I won't feel that same energy. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why it's important. We, we retain that uh, old fashioned way of building the rapport and network. So I a hundred percent agree for me, social media is just for convenience. Um, like being able to do this podcast and zoom, it's so much easier than saying, Hey, like book a day or two hours out of your day, come to my house. Let's do it in my studio. But <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I love the convenience of this and um, it's uh, broadened my uh, opportunities so much and allowed me to uh, connect with people like yourself. So, you know, to each his own, as I always say, right. Um, a big thing with social media is we have to learn how to um, use it for, to our advantage, right. Instead of producing all the time, we got to, sorry, instead of consuming all the time, we have to pre be producing, right. In order to have like a happy balance. Um, which I wanted to get to my next point. So like you're a writer, uh, an emerging director, uh, an actor as well. Uh, how has social media benefited you um, in those disciplines in the industry? Hmm. Well, um, I made sure that I use it for good. Right. So for instance, like right here, right now, this is an amazing, uh, an amazing opportunity. Of course. An amazing example of using your, using what you have to your advantage you know we met because of kevin reed yeah and, uh in that search i was looking for a mentor someone to guide me through this yeah. process of filmmaking uh, how the writing process could go it can go up and down yeah you know it's not, it's not linear and um yeah i could say because of yeah in that token in that respects social yeah. media has given me like a lot of great um yeah because of yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly what it's to, supposed to be for, right? Like you said, use it for the good, right? As opposed to getting or indulging in the vanity of it, 
right? The superficiality, you're um, indulging in the benefits, right? Like uh, it's true intention. And that is to be a networking platform. Um, so we can connect with creatives and artists. Like people don't realize that Instagram was first created as a portfolio, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh. For artists to, I don't know if, yeah, I've been told that many times, the, the whole yeah. intention, yeah, the whole intention was for photographers, graphic designers um, to direct people to Instagram. And then they would be able to like, just quickly see all their artworks and pictures and things like that. But as visual creatures, <laughs> human beings, um, we naturally took hold of that and capitalized and like with anything, uh, turned it into a bunch of things, right? <laughs> Some may argue it's softcore pornography, <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, anyway, whatever have you, you know, we, we, we made it work for ourselves. And I'm glad to see that you're, you're using the platform for the good um, because that's how you should uh, use it. Do you believe social media, though, hinders the creativity, imagination, and focus of an artist? Or do you think it incites them to develop new ideas and perspectives? Um, it's like you said, to each their own. Um, everybody has their own unique perspectives. Mm -hmm. What I've seen and have been fortunate to see is that a lot of creatives use their platform as like a new way to bring in an idea that they've had for years. Like Anderson, right. he, the way he creates, created or has uh, made his Instagram. Mm -hmm. Sorry, who is this? Anderson Pack. Anderson Pack. Okay. Yeah. He's a musician. Right. Yeah. So you've been following his career and like how he's developed social media presence? Yeah, yeah. I really follow him for the music. Uh, okay. It was when I was just searching up his name and I saw his portfolio and I seen how creative he was. You know, even on that, it was good to see. Yeah, that's the, the main thing, right? It's about like, as I studied marketing in university, it's how you brand yourself. That's something that I'm learning as well, you know, with my clothing line, this podcast, how do you get your message out there, right? How do you get your voice out there? I think that's the hardest thing for artists. Um, you know, even when I started off writing, like, uh, the story goes as I wrote my first screenplay when I was uh, 17, like my feature film, feature length, um, screenplay. And, you know, I still have the intention to make it one day, but that's the whole point, right. As I looked at it and I said, I had so much fun writing this thing. And I had this whole visual of how it's going to be shot and edited that the only way to get it done by me is to direct, know how to be a director, right. And put myself in that position. And it started a long 10 year process <laughs> ongoing of, uh, you know, getting to that point of being seen and known as a director, right? So I can get to that point where I look back on these scripts I've written and I'm able to, um, you know, film them, uh, shoot, shoot them for the screen, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, very interesting, man. Like you said, to each his own, I like that answer. Um, and yeah, it, it, it depends how it all comes down to perception, right? And uh, how you choose to see it. Um, can it be negative or can it be positive for you? So you decide ultimately, right, how you can manage it. Um, so getting back to like being a writer, um, you know, it allows us um, to captivate the audience with a style of storytelling that derives from either a, how a scene is set up, a character is presented and the way a story, this message is delivered to the audience. And many aspiring filmmakers, uh, including myself, often cite um, copying their mentor's style of work in storytelling, filmmaking and overall production as they navigate their own voice. So for myself, you know, I'm a big Tarantino Scorsese fan. And oh, I often, yeah, yeah, I often, yeah, bro. Those are my heroes. That's why I named my yeah. production company 94 is because 94 is the year I was born, but 94 is the year Tarantino made it with Pulp Fiction, like broke through. Wow. So it's a sentiment. Yeah, it's a sentiment, bro. So um, what I'm saying is when I write, I write the same, as I posted on my Instagram recently about Tarantino's writing process, I actually do the same writing process. Like I follow literally in his footsteps about the, the, how he creates. Sorry. Wow, sorry. 
Roth, the novel, he, I was reading up on it. He starts in like a novelty sense, like a storybook. Like he'll start his story in the middle. Yeah, he'll the- no- novelization kind of thing you're saying? Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, you're right, you're right. But he writes like, um, like I write like him, he writes like me kind of thing where it's like, I uh, was aware of his process, but I didn't really study it so closely. Um, and I just so happened to see like, hey, that's a style. Uh, that's a, sorry, that's a process of writing that uh, is possible, right? Like for me, what I'm saying is that first script, and I've done this for anything that I wrote, I just ha- either have a scene, a title, like a character or a piece of music that inspires me. And then I just start from the beginning and I just keep going with the characters until they take over uh, to the finish. Because I know people have outlines and I know people have notes and like they do this whole like storyboard concept. But for me, I just like to write like on the page, I bleed on the page and see where it takes me. And obviously, like I go back, I revise, I, I tweak here and there. And some days like I'm just stuck. <laughs> but uh, for the most part, like uh, it, it's amazing to me that I don't know, it gives me chills because I, I admire him so much that uh, to know that he writes like that and to know that if I write like that, I'm on the same track. Right. It's, it's really uplifting. Um, so, yeah, what I'm saying is like. Uh, even when it come to, comes to directing, right? There's a lot of shots and styles that I try to incorporate from people that I, uh, I'm inspired by. Not so much my heroes either. Like there's other filmmakers um, or just pieces of content that I'll view on social media. So I wanted to ask you, do you see yourself following the same approach when writing um, or eventually directing your own uh, sort of films? I see, honestly, I try to put myself in the mold of somebody else. Okay. But I just couldn't see it. Um, but what I would do is always just look at the overall feeling mm-hmm. that they were trying to convey, but not not so much the style. I'm trying to like develop my own style, if that makes right. sense. Well, that's the thing, what I was trying to mention, right? It's like, I'm trying to develop my own kind of signature style, um, yeah, yeah. a creative flair, but I know it's a common thing. Like even Tarantino says it, that you copy whether it's intentional or unintentional, you're copying the people you're inspired by to find your own voice, if that makes sense. Um, Cause like I'm starting, cause I've made like several short films. I'm starting to understand, like, I really love low angle shots. You know what I mean? Like when I shoot a, a character and people will say that, well, that's to assert dominance. Right. And I said, I understand, but like, sometimes it's not even for me, like dominance, it's just portraying the character that's bigger than life. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just in love with that angle, but that's just an example. Right. Like, um, the only way you're going to discover your style is the more you do. Right. Um, so yeah, I was curious, like with all the projects or the projects you anticipate making, do you see yourself kind of like, uh, copying the style or like developing your own kind of style? I, I guess it's too early to say probably. Right. Well, I'd say I look at a lot of Spike Lee. Okay. To be honest with you, I have a lot yeah. of, a lot of, um, my works on paper. Mm-hmm. right now uh, i'm gonna be filming my first documentary coming up soon short awesome film. that's right that's right yeah congrats yeah. and then from there i hope to take thank you and then from yeah. there i hope to take it into like more uh feature films of course but, man. yeah yeah so I'd this say, docu- sorry go ahead i'd say i'd like to capture the eyes yeah okay yeah that's important yeah yeah the with the documentary um how tell us about that like uh what was the process of getting it uh, made and what it's what it's all about um it's still being made okay and, um, i honestly don't know if i'm able to speak on it right now oh, okay no problem so did you uh, get fun what i'm asking is did you get funding for this or is this a small kind of project 
you're you're doing with your team or uh, we're getting funded with it yeah okay awesome awesome me and uh some other participants nice yeah i can say the name i'm sure you're familiar with uh, being black in toronto i don't know being is oh that's an organization yeah being yeah. black in toronto no i'm familiar with real canada Canada. you know, I don't know. No. yeah they also like um kind of showcase like uh black uh, indigenous um kind of groups like in toronto that uh like through film um like emerging filmmakers with those backgrounds uh so i i believe it's like similar that kind of organization but that's great i'm, I'm really happy to see the city you know helping out uh emerging talent <laughs> because that's something we need more of um you know for me like i see myself you know big time you know mainstream and i know that's by getting the american market recognized um but i know that toronto uh has been developing rapidly its film community and i've seen it firsthand just by networking right like look at yourself <laughs> it's like yeah. there's another there's another artist in here you know what i mean there's another filmmaker right uh, another writer so when i was a kid growing up i always thought oh that's the dream right you go to la that's where you, that's where the true um artists live yeah, yeah, yeah. and and this and, and it's so fascinating right and credit to a lot of you know like drake um and beaver like for putting toronto on the map in that sense right because you kind of have that pride now and you kind of see the possibility of like through our own works like what we can do for the city um so that's awesome so we won't get too much in that documentary but maybe we'll have you back on to promote it once it's out and uh, you can talk about the whole process and uh, all the ups and downs <laughs> you know what i mean because i'm sure there's going to be tons of that um but are there any individuals in the film industry that you aspire to become or inspired you? I know we talked about Spike Lee and Tyler Perry. Maybe talk about like why they are such critical people in your life, like role models. Um, I would actually say I grew to like them. Okay. But the one who actually propelled me into it is actually your inspiration. You're here, Quentin Tarantino. No way. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's so much I like. Oh. That's why you freaked out. That's right. That's yeah, because right. you know why? Uh, I was watching The Hateful Eight. Right. And I was so used to like movies starting out with the characters going, start out good, something go wrong happens. Yeah. It's their problem. Right. But this guy, he started it completely different. Like the character didn't start out good. So I'm watching the movie and I, and I was like about like, like how old was I? Maybe eight or, or just above eight. But my mind got so used to like stories going a certain way that when he did it, I'm watching it, I'm watching it, I'm like, wait, what's this guy doing? Who, who? Right? He's breaking what's all it? the rules. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, this guy's crazy. And that, that's why we love him so much, right? It's like we want to be that guy that revolutionizes through storytelling, like how you perceive film. It's exactly that. Like Django and Chan, I'll give you an example. Like um, when I watched in the theater, because I watched Pulp Fiction on TV. And I really didn't get that theatrical experience. So I was kind of like on and off. I was also really young too. So I probably didn't understand it. The maturity understand it. But I watched like Django and Chain in the theater because I was like, yo, the trailers look awesome. And I was also much older, right? I was more mature to understand it. Mm -hmm. And like you said, like right when the music, why when the movie started and the music was playing and it wasn't a score, it was like just the soundtrack and the mm -hmm. credits were on. It was like flashy stylized kind of uh, typography um even the shots i was just like yo this guy because we're so used to like the studios and like director for hire every film feels the same and then i realized like wow it can actually become you can be an auteur you can like make your own films it's possible obviously you have to be extremely talented and hardworking, but uh nevertheless it gets possible and yeah man i was blown away same thing with a hateful a hateful a was a great film but i'm saying for me it was the django and chain because it came three mm -hmm. years prior 
watched in the theater man holy shit with the tupac like soundtrack playing when, when there was a whole shootout like i was like wow you can really make it personal you know what i mean mm-hmm. you can really make films personal because up until that point man i thought it was like a huge huge studio collaborative kind of system and like you know you slap your name on at the end and i'm like yo this guy's like this is like quentin tarantino's work and like you're just in his world you know what i mean mm-hmm. um that's exactly how i envision i'm so happy we share we share a commonality like that that's amazing man tarantino great great person to be inspired by right <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah amazing you can tell his stamp you can tell his yeah that, that's the thing right like that's what for me that's my mission is like get to a point where you're undeniable so like when your films are out like people look forward to your name right like seeing another film by daniel calderon or another film by gabriel you know charles rogers right it's like you just want to have that stamp um and that's also one of the reasons why i created 94 productions is like this entity to kind of like represent me kind of like ovio it's like you see the owl and you just think of him you know so like that 94 logo man like yeah like i i'm so proud of it i i I know i just i I'm self-indulgent that way, but like, I <laughs> really got, you got to be in this business, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. You got to, you got to promote the, the hell out of it. But uh, honestly, that's, that's the dream, man, is, is to make that synonymous with me, right? When you see it uh, in a film or a production or, you know, cause I plan to even work outside of film, right? You know, music videos. I love I, just anything creative. Would you mm-hmm. agree? Like, I'm just like, I'm so creative, man, where it's like, I just trying to tackle every creative outlet possible. That's why I love doing these podcasts. It's creativity in its own way um sharing stories um between each other but anyway um that's amazing i'm, I'm glad we we're on the same page about that and that's the beauty of this podcast right is you got kind of get to understand each other's uh, human side <laughs> and what kind of coordinates um but yeah so these individuals you know you were explaining how uh the very impactful and it was tarantino that uh really changed um your mindset about how films are made um or really how characters and stories are, are told um how would you want your stories to be remembered by the audience in the film industry itself it's a tough one but i always ask this and it pertains to (laughs) legacy because my biggest thing is leave behind a legacy no matter what you do right it's like i'm a big thing big on history and it's like i love the idea that if you really make an impact you know what i mean it's like what will you be remembered for how will they remember um gabriel Charles Rogers. <laughs> yeah. Impact is definitely what I'm going for. Yeah. I think that, that's a reason why the journey for me has been quite long. Um, I wanted to get there very fast, but as I've matured, I understood what you just said. Like to make an impact doesn't come overnight, you know, and especially getting to where you want to be in terms of your creative endeavors. Yeah. It really takes time. And, and you know, I, I just learned to love the time that it's taken yeah. for me to get there and enjoy it. Like right now, right now, you know, this is part of that time, like to enjoy, yeah. to talk about and do that huddle, go back into creative mode, yeah. do that huddle, go back into the creative mode. Absolutely, and then, yeah. You know, but impact. I want people to remember me and, and uh, through my films and just have a place in their heart in their heart for my films you know have a place for my films in their heart yeah <laughs> make them that memorable that they'll always go back to it right like they'll uplift yeah. them inspire them um especially yeah. if they're watching them in a certain moment in time right like that that's how film works for me right i'll watch something when i was 15 then i'll watch it when i was 25 like the rocky movies 
And it's amazing how it hits you different. It's a different mm-hmm. impact. Have you ever done that with a film that you watched when you were younger? You watched it again when you're older? The Wood. Which one? The Wood. The Wood? No, I never heard this one. Was it? Yeah, it hit you different. The Wood. It hit me different. <laughs> That's odd. Let me let me search this up because I gotta know what it's like. So, how did it hit you different, bro? I mean, <laughs> it's the part where, I mean, everything, the whole story, uh, just uh, brothers growing up. Uh, being together as, as at a young age, mm-hmm. growing up when they're older, experiencing things differently. Right. Um, I've seen that transition. I am seeing that transition in my own life. Um, but it, it made me just more aware of like, to be honest, how, how girls feel. Okay. You know, there's a certain scene with, with the main character and a female he really, really liked. And you know, also like, with your brothers that you grow up with, you never know that, you never know really what experiences really like stuck with them that you guys have been together unless, until you guys talk about it. That's true. And I'm looking at it right now. It's a coming of age story uh, for those of you that don't know. It's a comedy drama, which is what I specialize in. Like I love doing. Um, so it's like, you know, has its comedic moments and uh, it's not a laugh out loud kind of film, but it just has its like quips, but <laughs> it's very serious, very emotional at its core um and yeah man i love these kinds of stories a lot of my work right now that i do is is about uh, is essentially a coming of age like the last one you uh commended me on like uh grazie the uh italian one that in a way is a coming of age right um you know just someone uh realizing uh coming into their own right and like how mature they have to be um to kind of handle the challenges of life so yeah honestly I, I like what you said and that's very important too that you mentioned how like you how uh the mind works for a woman like how is that what you meant by like the characters you saw kind of like how they're presented yeah because yeah. again a writer man like empath I, I love that you said that you have to know how to write both <laughs> if you want to be a good uh, a talented uh memorable writer um because women are 50 percent the audience and they'll know if uh, a man's writing the dialogue right or how believable it is so I get complimented on the few works that I've done um, that I've written and I actually published where a woman character like Lady of the Night. Have you watched Lady of the Night? Oh, I haven't. Yeah. So I'll send you that. So Lady of the Night uh, was a film I did last year and um, well, it came out this past year. Yeah. Uh, basically, uh, there was like a woman character, you know, kind of trying to surviving prostitution and she's trying to flee the city with her boyfriend. But the dialogue that I wrote, the actress complimented me so much that I was uh, very authentic to like what she would say and you know, um, I don't know, I kind of like had that intuition on, on what kind of uh, words that would be spoken um, in those certain moments. So I took a lot of pride in that, right? Because there's one thing for a guy to compliment you, because you know how guys, for the most part, would talk. But for a woman to compliment you on your dialogue, that means that, um, like you said, you have that empathy, you have that um, creative intuition. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's really good, man. I, I'm really enjoying this conversation. Like I said, for those of you who don't know, like I have never met Gabe um, outside of his podcast, uh, outside of Instagram text. Um, so it's really cool to, to see and pick your brain, you know, uh, where you're coming up as a writer. You seem like a very humble, uh, genuine guy, like I said, and, you know, I wish you nothing but the best. And I, I look forward to um, connecting with you uh, again and, you know, inspiring you or mentoring you in any which way that I can, right. And possibly collaborating. You never know in the future, right. Um, you know, we we can definitely help each other grow uh that's what we're here for right we just got to find the right project that suits us that fits yeah. us and 
and kind of meet halfway. But yeah, thank you again for coming on the podcast. You have anything else to say before we go? I mean, I wish you nothing but the best as well. Thank you, you so Creative endeavors. I hope you get there. So you yes. see it. 100%. Thank you so much, Gabriel. I really appreciate that. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll talk soon.